So you have about 15 seconds when people make a decision about whether they want to live somewhere or not. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Adam, Triple A Adams. I'm really excited today because we're having a topic that we don't usually have. In fact, we've never had this topic on this show before. So you're about to learn something kind of cool. And what's even more fun about this is what we're talking about is how just small amounts of money placed in the right places on larger multifamily properties can make a world of difference. So we have Lisa Landry on the show right now, and she's going to be talking about how she's been helping other owners over the last 20 something years, I believe, to be able to, you know how you have on those single family homes, you go and get somebody to stage the home. They put a couch, they put flowers, they do a few things like that. And it makes a world of difference that because when you're fix and flip, people walk in, they can actually see themselves living there. That's kind of what we're talking about, but on a much bigger scale. So instead of helping you make an extra 10 grand, today we're going to help you make an extra couple million. So with that said, Lisa, tell us a bit about your background, how you got into multifamily. I know you, I know you own multifamily and I know you also help other owners to stage their properties or to, I guess I'm using the word stage when we should be talking about some, other, what's the real term for it? What am I missing here? It's not staging, it's... Decorating, Really right? just designing. designing. Yeah, really just okay. adding interior design to the properties. So okay. uh, first of all, yeah. thanks for having me. It's great to be on the show. It's, it's an honor. I just think so highly of you. So I appreciate you having me on. And really what we're talking about is taking a property that is dated. Whenever, whenever a syndicator or a group, a property group buys a property, it, it typically is kind of dated looking. And so they want to do whatever they can to freshen it and up that NOI. And so our first step usually is to go ahead and work on the leasing office. That's, that's where we get started because that's like the jewel of the property. That's the center. That's the hub. And there's kind of three things that happen when you upgrade and freshen the leasing office. First of all, the people that work there just love it a lot more. They're happy to work there. They're proud to come to work. Uh, you have better employee retention. It just feels great. It's, it's laid out properly. The traffic paths are good. You know, there's function and form combined. So that's kind of one element. The second element is the current residents that live there, they then are more proud of their property. They are coming into that leasing office pretty frequently. And so being able to, you know, know that the place that they live is up to date, cool, it's a fun place to live, all of that really plays into their mindset of, where do I want to live? So that's kind of the second thing. You, you have a little bit better resident retention then. And then the third thing is for potential residents, which is really the most important part, when you're trying to keep that occupancy rate up, when the potential residents come in, that first impression better be like kapow. I mean, it better be right in their face. This is awesome. This is kind of jaw-dropping. We specialize in B and C-class properties. That's what we do. So it better be like, it looks like an A property on the inside, but you know it's, it's pulling up that B or C to the next level. So I think that's super important is how the leasing office looks. We're looking at things like when you come in, what is the very first thing you see? You have about 15 seconds when people make a decision about whether they want to live somewhere or not. 
So they better be greeted quickly, you know, by a leasing agent. Uh, they better see something cool. They better not uh, have any kind of bad experience in that first 15 seconds. So that's what we're always looking at is making sure that everything is laid out properly, that there's an inviting feeling when they first come in and that it looks awesome. So we're doing things like changing out the lighting, adding really interesting chandeliers. We're doing a lot more modern elements than we used to do. Um, You know, a lot of younger families live in these apartments and the younger population tends towards modern elements. That's what they are drawn to. So we do these really pretty modern, just very clean, not cluttered, not over accessorized, very clean and, and structured throughout the space. So that's kind of what we do for the leasing office. We want to make sure that, you know, we address the, the paint colors, the ceiling color, what flooring is there. A lot of times we'll use the same flooring that you're using in unit interiors because then they kind of get that feeling of what's going to be in their unit, which a lot of times is a luxury vinyl plank or, you know, something of that sort. So we'll, we'll use that a lot of times and then do interesting things on the walls, uh, change out the desks you know, make a cool lounge where they can hang out while they're waiting for someone, have a beverage station of some sort, make it the most inviting experience that we can. So in addition, we're looking at maybe like the fitness center or adding a business center, even even if it's just taking one small corner of the leasing office and adding a small desk or two, then you have a quote unquote business center, which is great for your amenity list on your website. You know, that's what we're looking for is anything we can do to increase that amenities list and have someone, when they're looking online, choose to come see your apartment, maybe instead of somebody else's. So that's kind of a few things for the leasing office. Yeah, because it it would make sense that when you, if a potential resident, that what you're doing when you're looking for places is you might click the things that you might want to see. So the more of those clicks that you could get, the more likely they're, they're going to actually see your property. So that's, that's really interesting. It's, some, it's, a, it's some, a way of thinking that I haven't thought of before of just making sure you have the most amount of amenities to get, your, get more eyeballs on your property, yeah. especially with the way that internet works now. There's less people just driving around looking for a property and they're actually searching on different websites that are that are being helpful and trying to only put business center if you want a business center or fitness center if you want a fitness center. And if you if there's people that don't aren't looking for a fitness center or a business center, they you know they they'll still find you. But for the people that are looking for it, it's the only way that that they find you, right? That's right. And I think too having a professionally photographed. Um, we do professional photography a lot of times as soon as we're doing the big reveal day for the for the leasing office. But the professional photography is so important because those images need to look amazing on the website. That's the other thing is people are looking first at the pictures. How does it look? You know, how does the property look? And then at the amenities list usually. And, and I mean, also what size apartments are they? What price range apartments are there? Are they, all of those elements are really important in their decision-making process. We also take into account, what does it look like when you drive up to the leasing office? So we paint a lot of times that building different than the other buildings around it. Even if we're not painting the brick, maybe on other buildings, maybe we're just doing siding, we will choose possibly to paint the brick 
of the leasing office. So it really, again, stands out like the jewel of the property and people know how to get there easier. So we're looking at what does it look like from the exterior? What does the front door look like? What does the door handle look like? Those are all first impression things. That's like somebody having scuffed shoes or chipped nail polish or whatever. It just doesn't look all pulled together if you're not addressing every single element. What does the front doormat look like on the outside? It's great if it has your logo on it, you know, mm-hmm. and your name. That's like going into their psyche. Um, yeah. What is the, is the glass clean? You know, yeah. is the door handle clean? We don't want a lot of stuff around. We, we set it up when you come into the leasing office where it looks perfect, we'll put like your flyers or your brochures, like in a very specific place. We don't like to come into leasing offices and have stuff just spread out everywhere where it looks junky. And we have to be cautious too about decorating for like holidays that can get cutesy real fast. So using very subtle things and and keeping in mind that we want this to look high end, even if it's not high end even addressing what is the landscaping right at the leasing office. We work on branding with owners and with landscapers and painters and all those kind of things to make sure you have a cohesive feel for the property. So what, what is right there? Is it blocked when you're trying to get out of your car? Are there shrubs you have to go around or something? Do those need to be removed and flowers put there? Do we need to flank the door with containers with flowers in them, you know, all of those elements come into play and how people feel about where they're going to choose to live. So that, that kind of sums up the leasing office just in general and whatever else is attached to it. And, and you mentioned the fitness center. And even if people don't use a fitness center, most people don't use the fitness center at the apartment. They work out at home, they go work out at a gym or whatever. But just to say you have one, even if it's a small one, is a subtle thing that they are comparing when they're going to look at two or three apartments and you walk them into this really cool looking fitness center that may be small, but it looks dramatic and modern that they think, oh, I could come here and work out for free, you know? So we don't want to have any areas that we're not checking that box if possible. Good stuff. I want to kind of talk a little bit about some of what you've said. My first question though is around the professional photography that you say that you use on reveal day, I think is how you termed it, reveal day. Do you uh, suggest apartment owners get drone footage of the outside of the buildings? Yes, I think that's a great question. And, and that's something that's just now coming into play. But any kind of video that you can get, it, that helps too for your SEO to be pulled up higher when people are searching and that kind of thing, you know. So video on your website is a great tool. They can look at pictures first. They can read things. They can see friendly faces. You know, we, we want to have the website looking amazing. When a property owner contacts us, first thing I do is go to their website. I want to see what does that look like? Because that's the first impression. And so many times it does not look great. We need to make sure that looks great. All the images are fresh, you know, once, once things are redone. And then the drone footage is a, it's like cherry on the top. You know, it's like an added thing that not most websites are going to have. So I think that's a great inexpensive thing that you can do to set yourself yeah, apart. It's more affordable than you would expect to have somebody to, to drone your apartment community. Good stuff. So, so for the apartment, when you're looking at the first thing that you need to focus on when working on an apartment community, it's really the first impression, the leasing office. You mentioned that it helps three different people. It helps the leasing associates, the staff be more happy 
uh, and be more efficient in their workplace and be more proud of where they're working. It helps the, the current residents notice that something's changing at the, at the place, that the, they really like us, they're really happy uh, with us, so, so we're happy with them, and this is so nice. I want to go and hang out in that leasing center. I want to go and, and see it, and, and they appreciate it, and they're proud to live there. And the third one was, was what the new residents were going, their first impression, the first 15 seconds. And you discussed a little bit about, you know, what they're going to see as they drive up, flowers, paint, brick, striping on the, on, in the parking lot, if it's new, if it's old, if the parking lot's being deteriorated. And, and when they walk in, the handle, the, the windows, are the windows clean? Do you have a nice door? And all of those things. And I loved another thing that you mentioned was something that I would have neglected just because my natural personality, it doesn't think the way that you think. And so I would have been like, oh, get all of our stuff everywhere. Like brand it, put it all in front of everybody, make it so they they can't see anything but our brand uh, because that's just me. But you talked about being able to be a little bit more tactful. When, when you actually place things in just a few spots where it makes the most amount of sense and have the rest of it clean and clear and free of clutter. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting, all very helpful. When looking at an apartment community, and we've decided to have the flooring uh, in, in, and the paint in, in the uh, leasing office a certain way, and we're all done with that, what's step two? after leasing office? Step two, and it can be in conjunction with, and many times it is, but step two is really the exterior buildings. What do they look like? The buildings themselves. Do we need to go ahead and change paint? You know, what's our budget range for that? What have y'all put in your CapEx to do? And so we we talk through what our options are. We we either walk the property or we do it virtually if it's an out-of-state property because we go nationwide. Um, But we're looking at what can we do to make this more modern and cool? A lot of these, most of these properties are 70s and 80s properties. You know, they don't have the best design, you know, at this point. A lot of them have mansard roofs and things like that. So we're always looking to see what can we do to make this look modern and like a LA apartment or a New York apartment building? How can we make it appeal to this younger, you know, resident that's that's typically living here? So we help with that. We help choose all the paint. We can put it into something where they can visualize what it's going to look like. And then we're also looking at, you know, do we want to add cedar plank siding anywhere as accents? What about the trash uh, area? Do we want to put some kind of surround to hide that? What about AC units that are exposed? Do we want to add shrubbery or something around those? What kind of landscaping is there? What does the property look like? Is there, are there cigarette butts like everywhere in the grass? You know, those kind of things. If we're going to have a dog park, let's call it the bark park and put a cool sign up and things like that. So we're, we're walking the whole property and looking for spaces that we can add amenities. What color is the pavilion going to be? What color stain? What color stone is going to be on the grill stations? Whatever we choose, we need to make sure that we have a cohesive feel for the whole property and that whatever color palette we choose, we pull that through the property. What is that front sign going to look like? You know, the monument sign. What design will that be? What vibe are we trying to go for? What's the resident base? How old are they? You know, do you have mostly families living here or do you have a lot of single professionals living here or do you have a lot of 
students living here? You know, what is your customer base? And we need to go towards that as we're branding throughout the property. So that's really step two. I love what we're talking about. I've, I've got some, uh, I've got a couple of friends that work on some of the things like what you're talking about, but I know a lot of people that don't think about all these things. And the way I look at it is I generally, uh, when, I, when I help other people attract their avatar, I haven't really thought about it in terms of, of apartment communities, attracting your specific tenant. How old are they? Uh, are they students? Are, are they families? What, what are they into? I've, I haven't really thought about it like that. I've thought about it like if you're going to launch a podcast, how do you launch a podcast that, that your avatar jumps on? And I talk about if, you're gonna, if you want to raise equity, how do we put out information and value and where do we put it so that your exact passive investor, because they're all different, is attracted to you. And you're taking this to another level for me when we're discussing the avatar for the client base, the resident base, who's going to be living there. So now I'm thinking in terms of, all right, all I've got is one bedrooms on this. So what type of person am I serving now? What do they like about it now? And what are they into? And do they all have dogs? If they have dogs, how expensive is it to just put a fence up and call it a bark park? You know, it's yeah. very inexpensive. I'm, I'm serving my exact perfect client that's helping them be more happy. And if I've got more three-bedroom, three-bath units, um, Maybe I'm, maybe I'm catering more to families and we've got to have, maybe in lieu of a dog park or in addition to a dog park, maybe we need to have a, a park for the kids, a place for the kids to play. And I like how you were talking about the colors that you use, the psychology that you use, covering up the, uh, what was it, the AC units with shrubbery, putting cedar planks over top of some pieces of the building to kind of just allow it to look more modern. A lot of good stuff. You mentioned the mansard roofs. And I was wondering, because I've seen some people completely get rid of mansards. I've seen some people switch out the, the shingles for siding instead. Uh, what are your thoughts on the mansards? Because you're right, in the 70s, 80s, C-class buildings that my uh, company's been closing on, we have a lot of flat roofs and mansards up at the top of, of the buildings where it kind of looks like a roof, but it's not a roof. It's like siding, horizontal, yeah. vertical siding almost. What, is, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think they can look really cool. I think if the shingle color is not good, if it really is not great, then I think replacing the shingle color with a dark charcoal gray or close to a black can look really dramatic. Then we can get high contrast with something. Or if it is going to be replaced, then going back with the siding, you know, is an option, which looks completely different. It looks real architectural. I mean, the mansard roof comes down like 25 or 30% of the building a lot of times, you know, so it yeah. can become a real architectural feature. And I love working on those. I mean, I, we, I was walking one just the other day in Fort Worth that, um, you know, we're picking all the different paint colors for the 
for the building and, and we're leaving the brick. The brick is okay. The roof is a mansard roof, but it's pretty dark gray. And just being able to choose some cool paint colors then, you know, is really all we needed to do. But each property is different and we just assess each one like, what could we do with the biggest bang for the buck in this situation? And just go from there. So cool. I think of it like kids. You have so many kids, but you can't ever raise them the same way. Like me, my sister, my brother, we're completely different people, even though we have the same parents. And my two sons are uh, complete polar opposites. They, one of them wants to do this, the other wants to do that. But when you look at all the different people out there, we all need different things. And when my mom needed to tell me something that she needed to do, she had to tell me differently than how she would have told my sister. And that's kind of with these properties to show that they are completely unique. They're, they have their own style. They're in their own neighborhood. They have their own tenant class. They have their own materials that, that you're already working with. And then it's what do you do to get through to them? You know, what do you do to get through yeah. to this child? And sometimes, sometimes it sounds like it's more landscaping, uh, parking lot. Sometimes it's changing the mansard shingles to a darker shingle adding cedar planks to the side of the building, covering up different different parts. But it's it's interesting. Or bark parks. I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to get used to bark parks. I like the way that you <laughs> you've labeled those. So with the branding and addressing each property as a unique individual property and not trying to blanket class that you're gonna treat them all the exactly the same. What was I going to ask? Okay, so for for the modern, what are there some colors that you are using in 2020 and beyond that you weren't using a couple of years ago that maybe the listener might be thinking of, man, if I could add those colors or that color scheme, grays or greens or oranges or whatever they are, then maybe I maybe I can really make something a, a pop and be attracting that newer age demographic, you know, a lot of the millennials and such? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question because we are trying to go for modern, whatever we do. And we were in a period, you know, a few years ago where a lot was neutral. Everything was sort of neutral. Now we're using a lot of color. I mean, color is going to be super strong for 2020 and 2021. So high contrast, that's, that's what our design team is known for is really dramatic high contrast. So you can use like, for example, in a lot of the leasing offices, it'll have old trim and, you know, baseboards and, and ceiling molding and, and all of that type of thing. And we don't want to change all that. That's a, a big expense to do. But if we paint it black, you know, we use actually a color called caviar that's a Sherwin-Williams color that's a soft black. If we use black, we create real high contrast. And then we can go back with, you know, like a gray luxury vinyl plank floor, do something interesting on the walls. We might do some of the walls black, some dark charcoal, some light gray. We're still seeing lots of grays in this world. We're starting to see trends going more towards taupe and kind of back to browns and residential. But in really modern design right now, we're still using lots of grays. They may be more brown-based grays than they were before. So for the base neutrals, I think grays and blacks and taupes are awesome. We do like white as a high contrast accent for some things, but a lot of times we'll use it in like lighting or accessories or something that doesn't get dirty. 
our eyes are drawn to white. Whatever's white or light colored, that's what our eyes are drawn to first. Hmm. Just like if you wear a white baseball cap or whatever, your eyes are going to go straight to that cap. I did not that's know that. That's where our eyes are made. Yeah. Or our white teeth, you know? So anything white draws your eye straight to it. So we have to be real cautious where we use it. We want it because it does create high contrast. But for example, a lot of people will use light colors on the walls in the leasing office and they think it makes it look bigger and it can, it depends on the situation, but we might have a wall that, that seems real close to you and we'll paint it black or dark navy or something to push it away from you to make the space feel bigger. So dark colors visually recede and light colors come towards you. So there's all those little tricks that, you know, we're always playing with. Then for accent colors, like if we're going to pick a color for a property, we want to see what is the logo? Have y'all developed the logo yet? I just worked on one that they, they sent me like six logos that the logo company had come up with. And I was able to give feedback on the text styles and, and they gave us, you know, several options which ones I thought looked great with the property. And then the color choices, like do we want to go with royal blue? Do we want to go with orange? Should we go with turquoise? You know, those kind of things. So once the logo is developed, and that's why we like to be involved from the beginning because we can help with that branding, then we'll use that color throughout the property. And we are seeing lots of cobalt blue, turquoise still, which, you know, blue and turquoise are colors that men and women equally love typically. It, it's replicating, you know, the sky, the the ocean, everybody seems to be drawn to water. So royal blue and turquoise is always a good combination to use. But we are seeing accents of orange and bright yellow and uh, emerald green. Lots of emerald green we're using, like emerald green and white and black. That's a beautiful leasing office color palette. Or royal blue, black, white with a little bit of orange or yellow. Those kind of combinations are really interesting visually. We don't want to do something that some people might not like, you know, like, or a lot of people might not like. We want to make sure that men and women both feel very comfortable coming into the space. And you mentioned the avatar. You know, if you do have a lot of families with young children, then we're going to put, we're going to recommend you put more money into the playground, do a bigger playground equipment set. If you have a lot of students, maybe make the business center bigger where they can get out of their tiny little apartment and come have a space to spread out and work on a project or something like that. So yeah, definitely keeping that in mind who your priority resident is, Love the goal it. resident. So, so summing up some of what we've talked about is the leasing office is really where it starts. The, the branding the leasing office is really where it starts. Then you start working on the exterior. I would almost say that there was uh, there was one step before the leasing op- office, and that would that would just be kind of defining the brand, getting the logo, the colors, and understanding who the avatar is and who you're attracting. And and then once you really understand all of that, then you attack the lease leasing office and then the exterior. One question that I have for you. I think it's an important question because it's almost like in my mind, it's very polarized because I, on one hand, I hear you talking about put, get, get the money into the leasing office, get the money into the uh, exterior, get the money into the, like the playgrounds, the parks. And what I've heard a lot of apartment syndicators saying is we're skipping all of this money. We're not going to waste it on these things where they they really spend most of their time in the unit and so the only place we're going to put money is 3000 or 6000 per unit and we're going to go straight there 
What would you have, what would you say to somebody like me who's heard both sides? And secondly, after, after explaining, you know, what you, how you would address, you know, where, where to really start, I want to understand where in the process do you uh, start focusing on the interior of the actual units? Yeah. Well, and it's very common that we're doing multiple things at one time, like that the branding that you're talking about and starting to walk the property to look at the exteriors and starting to look at the leasing office. Sometimes they've got their budget where they're just ready to go on everything. And we just sort of do all these things at the same time. We do need to make sure that we have our avatar and our, our branding kind of solidified before we really get into it deep. Um, but, but those really are the first things. And the reason I say those are the first things is because image is everything. And so much of the attraction is online presence. And you have to have your image developed with your brand, your logo, your pictures of your leasing office, you know, all of those kind of things are what people see first. They're not, they're not seeing the unit interiors first. If, if you have a, a, you know, terrible looking leasing office and great looking mm-hmm. interiors, it just doesn't match. That's not your brand then. We want it to be cohesive throughout. So I always recommend starting with the leasing office and the exteriors first then as soon as all that's going, that might take, you know, a while for all the exteriors to be painted. We have furniture to order for all of the leasing office. That's going to take, you know, eight weeks or something to come in. And so during that time, that's the time that we typically move on to two things. The model unit, if they're going to have one, that we can work on that also. Some, some syndicators want one and some don't. Sometimes we have a staging company also, and we'll go in and stage the property, a model that's uh, it's really not even a model. It's just a vacant unit. We'll stage it, have it professionally photographed, and destage it. And then they have those images for their website to show kind of their model, but they don't have one for people to walk through. So some syndicators love having a model and, and some don't. That's kind of personal preference. So we'll work on the model unit if they have one, and then also start on those unit interiors. I think for the, the apartment community, you know, most of the syndicators are men and most of the people that are in this community are men. And they always just think, let's just start like, you know, tearing stuff out and put some new cabinets and put some new cabinet doors and Give me a you know, rip hammer. this floor out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so it seems really fun to y'all. And the design part maybe just doesn't come quite as naturally. You know, it, it's, it's a different element, yeah. but I think they're both important. I think we just need to get that image and branding first. So I, I know you're you're helping a, a fellow podcaster, influencer, friend of mine who lives, who's got a property, I think in, in I, I don't remember if it's Georgia or Alabama, but it sounds like you don't just work in DFW. Is that accurate? That is accurate. When we first started, I mean, I started the company over 20 years ago and we're in Texas, we're in the DFW area. And we just always decorated it in Texas, somewhere in Texas. But once we got into the multifamily world, people are buying all over the country. You know, even if they live in Texas, they're buying in different places. And so we just started working on things sort of virtually. And then we go and do the, the leasing office installation or the model unit installation in person. We're always there. We call it the big reveal day. And we oversee all of that. But yes, we've worked on two in Arkansas, one in Alabama that you mentioned, Huntsville, we're working on one in Tennessee right now, you know, so we're, we're expanding and going wherever we need to go because that's where the business is. So there's, I, I know we've gotten a lot of cool, useful tips, but at the same time, I, we've gotten useful tips and at the same, you're not supposed to say, but it negates what you say before. <laughs> we've gotten a lot of cool, useful tips and 
there's probably some listeners that are similar to me. We're men and we want to, we want you to give us, just give us the hammer and let us go to town. And we're, we're not trying to think like a designer. And so really the question that I have is, even though we've gotten some really good, useful tips, there's probably a few people that want to work with you and want to know how to even work with you. In, in Maybe they're in a different city than you mentioned. Maybe they're in Arizona. Maybe they're in who knows. The question is, what does it look like to bring you on board so that we can start getting this designed and not just be bringing a big sledgehammer to the table? Yeah. And I think the more quickly we can get involved from the very beginning, like typically we're getting involved before they close on the property. You know, they've got under contract, they're in due diligence, they're getting ready to go. It's looking like it's going to close. That's when they call us in. So we'll usually do a phone call first just to kind of talk about the property. We, I do a lot of research on their, the website, the current website that they have, so I can see kind of what the property looks like if it's not right here local. If it's local, we go walk the property. But if it's not, then we, we do it virtually like that. Then they send me typically images of the current property. They might walk and take a few exteriors, take some pictures of the leasing office, the way it looks. I review those. We have a Zoom call then where I can share my screen and we can walk through kind of my ideas of what I would do just in general. Once I see how big the space is, then I can give the budget range. We actually have free design services. We sell all the furnishings for all these properties. We, we buy from manufacturers around the world. We buy at wholesale and sell at retail, just like stores do. So it's free design services for everything we sell, which wow. is different than the way a lot of decorators work. It's, it's completely different. But they think, well, why have I been trying to do it on my own then if it's free? <laughs> you know. Uh, so that's what we do. That's how we stay in business. So we're going to give them a budget range for their size of property. Like let's say it's a leasing office. It might be the budget range could be from 10000 to 100000 You know what I mean? Depending on how big it is, what quality do you want? I, I've had some you know, properties that they want it really, really nice quality. I've had other ones that are like, nope, I just want it to look good. We're going to keep this property for three to five years. Then we're going to turn it over. It just needs to last that long. That's so then me. I know, <laughs> yeah, then I know, but I have other syndicate or I have other property management companies that I work with that they, they buy and hold. There's a lot mm. of families out of California that own properties in DFW, like 50 properties and they buy and hold. They're not selling ever. Like if they just pass it down on their family. They just want that cash flow. So with that kind of client, they really want it to last about 10 years. They don't want it to last five years. So I use a little bit different quality for them. So then we, and I have a team of 12. Then we know what vendors of ours to go to, to choose once they've narrowed down what range of the budget they feel comfortable with. Once I've seen the size, I can say, well, yours would be from 10 to 25,000 on average for a leasing office. Where in that range do you feel comfortable? And then they can tell us where they feel comfortable, what they budgeted. And then we can get to work. So once That's they cool. want, once they want to work with us, we take a retainer for ten percent of the budget. Do all the designs. We present to them via Zoom or in person, whichever is easiest. And we show options. Like we might have done two or three different options, and we have them pick their favorite. So they're really involved, and it's very personalized for the syndication team, whoever wants to be involved in the project. And then we take it from there, and they don't have to do anything, and we just show up and do the big reveal day. Good stuff. Love it. All right, we're going to get into the final five, but first, a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, it's Adam Adams, and I am thrilled and excited to announce the launch of my brand new, brand new YouTube channel. So I don't know if you like YouTube or not, if you watch YouTube or not, 
But if you do, head over and please subscribe to the Apartment Investing Show. This YouTube channel is 100% about apartments only. If you're looking to fix and flip, not the right show for you. If you're looking to invest in hotels, not the right show for you. This is the Apartment Investing Show, and I mean the Apartment Investing Show, and I'm thrilled and excited about it. If you can, do me a giant favor, run over there right now, if you're a YouTube watcher, and find the Apartment Investing Show, please give me a rating and a review, like give us a thumbs up and subscribe, click that bell. We're going to be pushing out some amazing content on the YouTube channel, so if you are looking to scale and grow and get into apartments, whether it's syndication or just owning these on your own, the Apartment Investing Show is the right show for you. Go look for the Apartment Investing Show on YouTube right now, and I'll see you there. And we are back with Miss Lisa Landry. I like the double L, just like my double A. Makes makes me happy. That's right. Lisa Landry, (laughs) what is the most creative deal you've ever done? There's a property in Dallas that we did a few years ago that was a clubhouse. It was a leasing office that was uh, attached to a fitness center that was surrounded by glass. Like the whole fitness center was surrounded by glass, like all glass walls, basically. And the lounge area that we were creating was see-through to there. And it was a really high ceiling, like 20-foot ceilings in this lounge area we were creating and it had these big beams up at the top that were like trestle railroad trestle things black giant beams across the top of the ceiling and the owner of the property was like I think we should just take those out I don't really like those and I'm always looking for what can we do that's cheaper and what can we do that looks cool architecturally well I think that was a great architectural feature so I I ended up suggesting that we paint those silver, which we did. And then we used black accents and like a deep teal and grays and different things and and made this lounge that was attached to the fitness center so that if the fitness center people worked out and they came over to this area, I had to make sure all the furniture that they could sit on, that it wouldn't get, um, you know, ruined by sweaty bodies or whatever. So that was a little bit of a challenge, picking things that were good for that, that looked cool from the other side of the fitness center that blended with the fitness center equipment. And, you know, then we added the silver for the trestles, which became like the color of a lot of the equipment in the fitness center. And I entered that one in an international design contest. And I actually entered six that year. And they won first, second, and third in the contest for the commercial category, which was funny because there were so many things entered in that contest that were real high-end properties, commercial just in general. And these were all like C-class properties, you know, that won first, second, and third. So that one turned out really fun and dramatic. That's so cool. I love that. What's uh, what's a book you recommend? I just read recently uh, Joe Fairless's Best Ever Apartment Syndication Book. And that is a thick handbook, here to tell you. But that's, you know, that's so educational. There's so much information in there. It's just so packed with information. I went to the Best Ever Conference, you know, recently. Um, and you were there also in Colorado. Yeah. And I sat next to Theo Hicks, you know, who's the co-author of that book, like for two days, solid. We sat next to each other and talked and it was so, I, I was just like fangirling because he, he was such a big part of that book. And I think they're, they're great educators. They are. That I, I completely agree. One interesting thing about that book is 
I used to think that I was the only one who knew some of these like marketing tricks. I used to think I was the only one who knew them or could teach them. And he's got all these really awesome ways of attracting capital, of of put starting a podcast, starting a, a thought leadership platform. That that book's super valuable, and I think it's only like when I bought it, it was like fifty bucks. I think it's forty or something now, forty five. But I, I would I would have paid a hundred times that easy. I just yeah. I think that they've they've done such a great job and they are they've got a really good podcast as well. Well now I can't even think of my next question because I'm I'm fanboying with Theo and Joe as well. Uh, <laughs> however, let's get into it. So five years from now, where do you see the market and where do you see yourself and your business? Yeah. I think for the market, it's gonna be great. I just think it's going to be killer. I think multifamily is the place to be. I think just these trends of people not wanting to maintain properties and having this like social community and, and where they can walk to things and they, they like apartment living now much more than, you know, our previous uh, family members did, you know, previous generations. That was your goal was to own a house and have all this big yard and have everybody over all the time. And, there's a lot of stress and, and maintenance that goes with that. And so I think apartment living is going to get more and more popular, you know, down the road. And I think the market will recover uh, from everything we've been going through recently, you know, you within, a a year, or within a year, I, I okay. think within, I think within a year or two, things are going to be like just going in a, going in a okay. blowing again. I think it's going to be great. I think there are, you know, some areas, some industries that might be hit harder, but I think multifamily is going to be very strong. Awesome. And so that's the and market. And then, yeah, my own business, we're continuing to grow. And I mean, my goal is to be known as the multifamily decorator, you know, nationwide. And that's what we've been working on for the last several years is uh, we also do residential and commercial, but we love working on multifamily. We really feel like it's transforming the lives of these people who live here you know, who live in the and properties there. and yeah. the lives of the people that work there. Yes. Yeah. And the lives of the syndicators and the investors, the passive investors. So Great I just point. love the whole industry. I think it's super fun. I think it's challenging. I think you're always learning something new. Every day is different. So we are focusing on more and more and more multifamily nationwide. Love that. And how do you add value to others? Well, I do a lot of education. Uh, I'm doing a webinar tomorrow that's about design and do a lot of things locally with education and training with, you know, realtors, do a lot of things with realtors, with staging and all those sorts of things that we just give away a lot of education for free just to try to, again, become the, you know, leader in our area in this field. Uh, We're very well known in our area. We've been voted the best interior designer in our area for the past seven years in a row by local people which wow. is always so, you know, uh, exciting and fun. So that that's one thing. And then I also am very much an animal lover. And so I give back to animal sanctuaries uh, across the country, basically. That's, that's kind of my charitable thing that I do is animal sanctuaries. And what is the number one best way for the listener who's excited about working with you uh, for free, uh, apparently, for wholesale prices. Yep. <laughs> what is the single best way for them to reach out to you and start making that happen? Yeah, the best way is really by email because I'm just checking that, you know, throughout the day. It's Lisa Landry, L-A-N-D-R-Y, at Landry Designs, which is plural, LandryDesigns.com. 
And they're welcome to check out our website to see some of our work too, which is LandryDesigns.com. Perfect. So it's LandryDesigns.com. That website is in the uh, bottom of the show notes. So scroll down right now and you can get the website. And also the emails right next to it, Lisa Landry at LandryDesigns, plural.com. Both of them are in the show notes right now. So reach out to her. Let her help you make a whole bunch of money and help your residents, your, your leasing office and everyone else win, including your own past investors. Lisa, thank you for coming on the show. I'm going to let you go, thank but you. In t- thank you so much. I will let you go, but <laughs> until next time, me. think outside the box. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Creative Real Estate Podcast. Jason Lewis and myself, Adam Adams, are grateful to have you as a loyal listener. And I do have one quick favor to ask is, If you are looking for apartment investing, then go to apartmentinvestingshow.com. That is the brand new YouTube channel that I just launched. Brand new YouTube channel. Uh, Again, this is only for apartment investing. That's all we talk about there. It is the apartment investing show and you can find it by going to apartmentinvestingshow.com. 